Okay, Shalom Aleichem. Welcome everyone to Tuesdays with Taira on a very hot, sweltering day. And um, everybody still managed to come, so Shkoyach. Tonight's Shir is sponsored by our very own Leibish Badner. Le'ila Nishmas, his father, Rabbi Menachem Mendel, Ben Nachem. Which also coincidentally happens to be my grandfather. Wow. Um, <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, so his neshama should have an Oliya. I honestly believe that he's shepping a lot of nachas from his son Levish and his uh, his, uh, his whole family. Not, I don't know, not his, um, he's trying, but uh, Mitzvah he should have a lot of nachas from all his family and to, from all of us. Um, and uh, it should be Melit Yeshua for whole Klai Yisrael. Shkayach, Shkayach for sponsoring, yes. Labish uh, wanted a Lachayim uh, afterwards. I told him we got to wait till after the Shir because I'm going to have one with him and I want to be able to give the Shir. So, okay. Uh, I'm not good at holding it. It doesn't. Uh, I don't hold too well. Okay. <laughs> okay, so. Um, Leibish, if you're sponsoring, then you have to also be quiet. Um, okay, so uh, we, we spoke. I want to give a, a little bit of chazar because it's no coincidence, not any coincidence whatsoever, right? We learned to Chaim last night. What's the next subject on Peliyayitz? We started the three weeks. What is the next subject? It, you can't make these things up. Hashem just coordinates these things. The Geula, that was, that was the subject. That was the next thing in Gimel. And um, it's amazing that, uh, that that's, that's where, where it belongs. You know, right when we're, we're starting the three weeks, we have to learn about the Geula and what we're missing. So, just to go over a little bit, we spoke on... On um, yeah, to, yesterday, two days ago, was was, um, was uh, Shiva um, Shavasa Thomas was on Sunday, right? Two days ago, okay, mixed up. Shavasa, what? Yes, two days ago, and it was uh, we spoke about how the terrible lesson we're learning from Surfside. It's uh, it, it, it's it's just horrifying to watch and to see it. One of the things that's, for me, extremely hard to see is, is that, I mean, every Jew always likes to, you know, give criticism and give advice, and, and every Jew thinks, I'm, I'm prefacing that, but, but I think that they're doing a horrible job, excuse me, um, because if you have somebody that, you, that, that is falling, and there, there is a chance that there is air pockets and people are there, you have 36, the Gemara says you can last without water for three days. After that, you cannot last. So you have a very, very short window to get them out. You have three days to get them out. Now, it behooves everybody, just on the chance that there's one person that's caught in a pocket, which we'll find out in four months when they finally you know, get the rubble off, because it's dangerous. Yeah, they say that they're not doing it fast because it's dangerous. But what's happening, that, that one, two, or three people, that dead anyway, from, from a, a lot worse dead than, than if they would be on, on top of it and it would cl- crumble. They're dead from starvation. And, and that's worse, you know, being stuck there. So um, what, what, what I would, we would have done is we would have let all the, all the everyone come in, everybody have, have, ten, have ten cranes just lift 
and move. Lift and move. Not, yeah, it's dangerous, but just tie it, lift and move. In, in three days, it could have been gone. Just move one from one side. Not three hours, but it, if there is somebody there, right? It, it's, it's too late because they're, they're dead from starvation. So this is what I was thinking of when we started the fast. I said, you know what? The base of Migdish was destroyed. Why? Because of Sinas Chinam. Because we weren't nice about El Chaveri. So now we're starting to fast. I started to think about the guys, because Sunday, right, was, was a Thursday night, right, it happened. So Sunday was two and a half days in. And I'm thinking, what it, does it feel like if there's a fellow, a, a brother or a sister, or, or, or any, any person, any Telemelechim that's stuck there in a down there somewhere, in a pocket of, of air or whatever, and, and they're dying, literally dying of starvation. And I just, we just said, let's, let's, when we fast, when we fast, let's just think about this and connect to them. And at least, we, it's not the same fast, you know. Our, but, you know, it hurts, it's, we're tired, we're exhausted. We just think about what does it feel, two and a half days, what does it feel to know you're fasting and there's no meal at the end of the fast. There's no bagels and the danishes. You got to have your danishes, you know. No danishes and orange juice and coffee. There's the, the slim chance of them finding you, but the thirty feet of uh, on top of you. So it, it was horrifying. But I, I think that we we had to use that for for to, to, to connect with these yidden. And the second thing that was a lesson from there was that you know somehow all the lessons, all the the, I say lessons, but that's what they were, that we had in the last uh, tragedies. We had terrible tragedies. We had Marone, we had Stalin, and now Surfside. What were they all? What was the common thread? It was Yidden falling on Yidden. Yidden falling on Yidden. Of course, it wasn't their fault, n- none of them, of course. But Lamai said they were, they were killing one Yidden, killing other Yidden. Every single one. So let's take a lesson. Instead of falling on Yidden, we should uplift Yidden. And that's somehow we can, um, we can realize, you know, that uh, we're doing something, our part. We're learning from them. We saw the Yidden falling in Yidden. We're going to make it our business to lift up, to bring up, to hold up a Yid, and grab a Yid and hold it up. And finally, you know, when you see all these people, Nebuch, and, and uh, it's going to probably, the hundreds of people that are, that are dying in there, I think about another reason why we had the fast two days ago was because of the Torah burning. Now, the Torah, when, when Hanina ben Trajan was burning, it was when Sarah Huge Malchus, he was burning, he, it was, the Gemara has an interesting thing, he's telling his Talmud, he tells his Talmud, guess what, I, he, he's talking, while, the, while the, he's burning with the Sefer Torah wrapped around him, they wrapped the parchment around him, and they put soft cotton filled with water on his heart so he should prolong his death. Beautiful. Um, so as this is happening, he's talking to his Talmud, like, hey, what's up? You know, like, it's, it's amazing. And I remember seeing somewhere that when you're dying, I, 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 I think I heard it um, from Rabbi Zakatinsky, when you're dying, when, I said it even, I remember who I said it from, when you're dying from Al-Kiddush Hashem, it doesn't hurt. You don't feel the pain. It's, 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 remember that one. Remember where it's from. But anyway, he's talking, and, and it's true, he's, he's talking to his Talmud, and he says, I see the parchment burning, but the, the tire is not burning. The words are flying up. I see you flying up to Shemayim. So it was a little consolation for me because um, Chazal say that we, a person, we are all, we are all like a Sefer Torah. Our bodies are the parchment and our souls are the words of the Torah written on it. So 
basically, uh, you know, when all of them are dead, you know, in Surfside, but Lamaisa, it's their parchment. It, their souls flew up to Shemayim. So you can burn and you can destroy and you can squash the parchment, but you can never destroy our souls. We have Yiddish souls. And those people that died, Kiddush Hashem, they died because they were, they died because they died. Whatever the reason Hashem was, but their souls are always going to be, they're always going to be alive. So it's just a little, little consolation. But that's uh, it's it's something to start the gula thinking about it. So Peliyot says as follows. Let's uh, go through this. He says that we have to, oh, we have a chiv to believe that with our full faith that Mashiach is always coming, and this is one of the ikurim of the Yiddishkeit. So, um, also, after 120 years, we're going to be asked, did you wait? And it's a very, a very funny thing, because how many people were comfortable, you know, Yeshua, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the ball game. I'm, I'm waiting for uh, whatever, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the Shidduch, I'm waiting for the... Are we waiting for Mashiach? But we we got to work on it. That's the idea, that's what we're here today, how we can work on it. Um, so he says, how we see it, how do you see if somebody is, is actually really being typically Yeshua? So the way you see it is by um, see how the guy talks. Does the guy say something in the future? Does the guy say, Emir Hashem, Mashiach should come, uh, but if not? Or does he say, I play? I love the, the, the uh, I'm not talking anything, but a lot of, um, of the more secular people talk, they plan their vacations. You ever see this? Um, going on a uh, cruise uh, to Scandinavia. Well, when, that's exciting. When do you go? Uh, in September. Oh, wow. This September. It's uh, two months. No, no, no. In September of 2023. <laughs> I, it's booked. I, my deposit's down. Um, you know, I'm like, you know, <laughs> for all of us, you know. By the way, and these guys, by the way, they probably get a better deal that way. So, <laughs> us guys at last minute, you know, booking and trying to but the, the, you know this is how this is how they are. You know people people are planning things in the future. How do you plan like that in the future? You know who knows what's going to happen. You know, forget about Mashiach. I mean, even not Mashiach. Even like you know your lives can change, right? They don't. People don't think their lives are changing, right? Either either a good thing happens or or this. The child is is getting married, and all of a sudden you have wedding plans that has to be then. Like why are you planning? Or or something bad. It's it's hard to plan like that, but even more so, the Pelier says, is that if a guy is planning, then obviously he's not thinking that anything the Mashiach's going to come and, and and ruin his deposit is a hefty deposit for a cruise, probably, you know. So that's he says how to do. It. He says Reb Levi Yitzchak Abraditchev, the Haliger of he made wedding invitations, and now I'm working on wedding. I should I should do this. Manah, it sounds too. Uh, it says as follows. He says, "I'm inviting you to my daughter's wedding in Mitzvah Hashem. It's going to be uh, two months from now, whatever. Maybe Chassidim do later. So, and it's going to be in Mitzvah Hashem in a Ulam. Maybe, yeah. So right, it could be not such a mile. He says it's going to be an invitation. It's going to be in Mitzvah Hashem in the Ulam in Yerushalayim Yerak Kodesh, and when Mashiach comes on this and this date. And then he writes in smaller print. He writes." Just in case, if Mashiach for some reason doesn't come, it's going to be in this in this hall at eight o'clock, chuppah at nine o'clock. Yeah, no, okay. But this is this is yeah. This is the way. This is how to do it. This shows. 
What? The last order, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. But this is how, this is really had it, and he was serious yeah, about it. It wasn't a joke. If I do it, it's a joke, okay? But if it's a shtick, I'm trying to look, you know, like. But if Ablerius of Ditcher, he does it. He meant it seriously. He, this is where it's going to be. He meant it seriously. By any chance something happens, it doesn't come, I, I'm going to have to book something just in case uh, to make my wife and daughter happy. They're crying about, you know. <laughs> so um, that's, that's how to do it. And by the way, and. I, I had I, I had a little piece of this. I and anyone who knows Rabbi Vachsweigel, the Mashkiach of Lakewood, he's not around probably in uh, for forty years. He uh, he would he was a man, a real European. He spoke Yiddish. It was a hard Yiddish. Didn't know probably a word of English. Um, and and I remember as a kid, he's asking me my name. You know, whatever. And I didn't know what he's saying. And finally, he had to. Tell me, what is your name? <laughs> He's, uh, uh, but anyway, I got to know him a little bit better as when I was bucking yeshiva. And uh, my brother and I used to walk him home from yeshiva, and it was, uh, it was just an amazing experience. Um, and he legit had a suitcase, I promise you. He had a suitcase wherever he went. He had a little suitcase. He had a nice kapata. He had his, an, another uh, Shabbos he had his talus and tefillin. He had a Shabbos talus. He had, I don't know, maybe he had some cookies there from Reisman's, you know, the packaged cookies. He, I don't know what was in there. I always wanted to know. But he said he was packed. It was his Mashiach suitcase. Everyone know about it. It's famous. And he walked with it. He was, um, he was legit waiting for it every single day. So that's really how to do it. And the Peleyites goes on to say, and what you shouldn't do is, don't build big houses for grandchildren. He says with Elias, we have Elias. Elias means attics and, and, and castles with... He says, very, very simple, right? We get married, we have the money, right? We, we, got, we got the money, we're rolling in it, Baruch Hashem, everyone should, have, everyone should have the money, right? Amen. So don't bring, don't buy a house and, and, and build like eight bedrooms. You want to you want to build a house and, and build it, you know, with enough bedrooms that you can be comfortable and have guests and have your your na- fine. But you when you're planning, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to miss Hashem. I'm going to have uh, six children. They're going to need each child is going to need you know one for them and one for their kids. So I need twelve bedrooms. No, that that's that's wrong because you know you're putting it here and you're it's showing very you're putting a lot of money right you're building guest room, building that kind of yeah guest room what you need yeah a guest room and that has to be practical that's uh, what you need now that's fine but not planning in the future that's what he says and uh, I I like to say this I had this out with my my son-in-law we had this uh, argument he's buying a house he wants to we're talking about how much to put I'm saying put the minimum down even do. The, the PMI with, with new, new first-time homeowners, home you can do 10%, right? Okay, you don't want to do 10, but he's doing even more, more than 20. So why? Don't put it down, because what's going to happen is, Mashiach's going to come, right? Every, all the houses are going to be devalued, right? You listening? Your house, you should refi, um, Ruben. Okay, listen. You, the Mashiach's going to come, and everything's going to be devalued, right? We're going to all... And, and the real estate in Yerushalayim and... and, and uh, Bnei Brak and uh, Lud and everywhere else is going to skyrocket, right? So buy something now. Um, so, right, it's going to come, it's going to devalue. We're going to have a war, we'll war, we're going to all leave, it's going to devalue, right? Now, who do you want left holding the bank? You or the bank? If you have... I own it outright. Yeah, that's a problem. So refi. And, 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 and take the maximum you can. And then leave and say, bank, 
there's my house. So, uh, so my, so I said, and I always want. I said, like, why should I be left? Seriously, we're gonna. It's World War and stuff, and we're gonna have. We're gonna have a house. No, this one, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but you can't sell it because we're gonna have. We're gonna have the whole Lakewood selling the houses, right? Come on, what do you think's gonna happen? The whole Tom's River, whole Jackson, whole, whole Lakewood, Borough Park, Flatbush, Far Rockaway, five towns. W- dumped on the market at one shot. Okay? Who do you want to, who do you want to, it's 50% the value. Now, who do you want? So, my son says, no, 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 but. He said, he said, no, nah. oh, that's, that's, a, that's somebody said that. You know, I want to come back to, but he said, no, I, I don't think it's Yashristis to let the, let the bank, he's a tzaddik. I don't think it's Yashristis to let the bank suffer a loss because of me. Okay? So, but Lamaisa, uh, so that's. Isn't it a mitzvah to steal from banks? Well, no, no, definitely not a mitzvah. But, uh, okay, that's another uh, thing. But the idea you have to understand that's, uh, that we have to always be thinking about it, planning about it, and, uh, and, and, and doing actions based on it. So now, a lot of us could feel very down. You know why? Because, uh, listen, the bottom line is why didn't he come now? The Chavaz Chaim cried for it, Reb Shleimer Kluga cried for it. Um, the Chazanish, the the Darachaim uh, Hakadosh, the uh, go back even further, right? It's not just was this Friday, Mister Shem. This past Friday, right? Right, this past Friday. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, so Lamaisa, Lamaisa, we're right. We're <coughs> why should it come for us? We can feel very bad. What it's going to come for us, you know? It's going to we, we, we cry from Mashiach, yeah, sure. And it's going to come. For, it didn't come from the Arachayim Hakadosh. It's two answers, okay? Two, anyone feel this 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 feeling, or is this me, or just me? Anyone feel this feeling that why is it coming from me if it didn't come from the for the great tzaddik? It's, it's a it's a famous uh, kasha, famous uh, feeling. So there's two two answers. Number one, it's like uh, a building, right? Who's in construction here? Okay. So, what's the hardest part? When you shore a foundation, right? You know how hard that is? When you're shoring it, come on, shoring it, and, and you're uh, excavating, and I can't, you can't, pour, you have to shore, and you have to build a foundation, right? Once you, you know, you have the frame, and it's the top off happens. You know, sheetrock, come on. You put a piece of sheetrock, you, 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 you just uh, shoot the screws in. I, I can do that, you know? Come on. I can't sit there on the top welding. So the hard part, right, is the beginning, the foundation, is the steel, is, is everything else. You know, we come with the finishing, with a paintbrush, you know, like, okay, look, we finish. we, we're, we're in construction. No, no, you're not. You're painting. You know, like, I like the guys hanging on that, uh, you know, on the, on, you know, welding there, you know, that's, that's the guys, you know. Not, not the guys who built uh, the, the Surfside, uh, whatever. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, though, that's the real construction. So the Chavaz Chaim, the Chazanish, the Archaim, those were the ones, those are the builders. We're coming and doing the finishing touches. We're coming with the pa- little paint and touch-ups. That's a, everything was done already. So that, that's when it finishes. That's when the bias is. So that's one terrace. The second terrace is, it's a harder to understand, is that actually we're in a, a harder, in a certain way higher, very hard to understand, is that because our generation has so many Nisyanists, and we have so much difficulties, and we don't have the Rechaim Kaddish here. We don't have big Rabbeim. We're struggling. So our struggles are more dear to, uh, 
you can't say that even, but it's a dear, very dear to Hashem that that's going to cause Mashiach to come. Wow, you guys have nothing, you have no gedolim, and you you have so much, so much nisyanis uh, outside, all over. Such a difficult time, but you still kept and you held on to whatever little tyra we did, little mitzvahs, little, little measly things, but we did that. That's greater. So that's uh, that's uh, that's 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 why we shouldn't feel bad, and. Um, and and Amir Hashem, it's going to come. So, how um, how do we taka um, get there if we don't feel it? So the story of the soldier in the in the Six Day War that came. Can you imagine they lost the Kaisel, right from 1948, right? You got it right till 67. Very good. How many years is that, right? So um, it's 19 years. Very good. <laughs> Uh, so that's a long time not to be at the Kaisel, right? That's that's lifetimes. I mean, that's you know, that's from right. A guy's twenty-one, you know, and forties. The next time, he, if he could go, you know, it wasn't easy traveling then either in nineteen sixty-seven. But it was a hard thing to do. We feel so. We felt we felt it, right? And when we came to the Kaisel, it was it was crazy. It was such an emotional thing. It, we finally felt it. What 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 we feel? What was it? It's 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 Malbanim. It's 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 only a, a wall left over from the Mesa But everybody that was there cried bitter tears. And there's a story that the soldiers the soldiers are actually liberated. So many of them um, went up and they were crying crying tears, copious tears. And one soldier stood back. And he, he stood back, and he was obviously totally, totally secular, non-religious, and he was crying. So his friend says, you're, you're not really, why are you crying? He says, you know what I'm crying for? I'm crying because I don't even know what they're crying about. I'm crying. That's what we are. We're at, we're at so far, so past the base of Migdush, that we could cry, that we should just think about. We don't even know what we're crying about. We're missing. We don't even realize it. It's like the kid that was born after the father died and was too young and didn't understand what they were missing. You know, heard about this this father, but didn't didn't know, didn't feel his love, didn't feel his 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 protection, and didn't get to know him. Didn't have that relationship. It was many years later, but he could cry because I wish I would have known my father. He sounds like such a great person. And that's what we have to do. So how do we um, how do we remember? So the Navi Yecheskel says that the way to do it is to, to is to learn the halachas. If we learn the halachas, actually, what happened? The Navi Yecheskel was told by Hashem in a nevuah, go teach. We just went into Babel. Go teach the Yidden the the hilchas of the building building of the base of Megdash. And the Radak says that they actually built the, then you know many many years ago they built a three D model. Like they have, they have an Eretz Yisrael. So now uh, we can go see the 3D model. It's what's that called? The place where they have a, a mini, not mini, mini Israel. Mini Israel has no as Israel. There's another place that has just a base of English. Holy Land, Holy Land, yeah, Holy Land in Eretz Yisrael. Right, correct. That's where it is. Um, and we could take the books. We could see there's so many books. We could learn about it. Uh, also, we could do Daf Yemi. Anyone doing Daf Yemi? was amazing, it's no coincidence at all, with starting the three weeks, and we're learning all about the Yom Kippur with what happened in the, in the base of Megdash, and it was a whole story of the Kayin going out with the, uh, uh, right, as you're learning, it, Lazazel, 
and it's actually it's exciting. We, we, we actually wanted somebody said in the shir looked up and says, "Ay, Hashem, we're learning this. You got to make this happen. We want this to happen. This is this. We want to be there. We're learning it. So let, let, let's 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 be zeichen." I said, "We all said Amen. Yes, absolutely, because it was just it, you know it, it created the excitement by learning it. Right? That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. So we can also besides that, as I was thinking about, we can go to." It's amazing. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> it's amazing, amazing. And another thing that we could do is, is we can go to museums. You see, there's a museum called the Living Torah Museum. There's one in Bar Park. You ever went? The one in Crown Heights too, right? One in Crown Heights. One in, and one up in uh, Woodridge, right? Now in the summer. I don't know if it's still open, but... We went, and it is amazing. We should we should take a, a short trip there because it is amazing. Right. It's amazing. It show you see things the base of Migdash. Yeah, yeah. We we see things, and he explains it. The the, the museum curator. He's a, he's a big tremendous Talmud Chacham. He he actually uh, was a professor, and I'm not sure he's brilliant. You can see him, and he explains it. And even though he explains it dryly, but it's, it comes to life when he shows you something from the base of Migdash and shows you Kaylee the coins, and and it's, it's just everything comes to life. So that these things are are worth doing during the three weeks. This is this is one of our avoiders. Okay, so to leave you with a quick story about Rav Leib Malin. Rav Leib Malin was found um, actually. Um, he was found. Once, during Ben Ismanim, which is about now coming up, a bacha came into the yeshiva, he goes into the bathroom and he sees legs sticking out from underneath the, uh, the, 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 the stall. He says, oh my gosh, somebody... No, he said, somebody... No smoke was coming out. He said, somebody fainted. It was, you know... And he comes running and he sees that the legs belong to the Rashiva or Ablai Malin. He opens up the door, Rashiva, he sees it, he's not, he's not fainted, he's scrubbing the floor with a brush and, and soap. He said, he grabs the Rashiva, he pulls him up, he said, it was Rabbi Elephant, right, he was telling the story, and he says, what are you doing, Rashiva? What, what, I'll do it, G- give me that brush. What you? No, 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 no. I'll, I'll. So Rashiva, what happened? He says, the janitor didn't come, we need the, the, the uh, you know, we need the, we need the bathrooms cleaned, you know, we know, we all know that, uh, you know, uh, Rashivas and, and Rabbanim are janitors also, we, it's, uh, it's fine, it's a privilege, but, the, no, this is, this is, this far I've never gone, you never, never seen me, but um, he said, get up from the floor, no, so he says, I'll tell you the story, he says, come here, he says, can you imagine you go on a date to a posh Manhattan hotel, and you walk in there and there's beautiful carpet, now they don't have carpet anymore. But beautiful carpet. There's a gorgeous lounge. You sit down with somebody. You, you see there's a piano playing. It's beautiful, very, very elegant. It's comfortable seats. You sit down and you order a Coke. And they bring you a Coke and they charge you. What are you going to pay for the Coke? They're going to charge you at least 8 bucks, if not 10, 12. Right? He says, what, for a Coke that came from a fountain? It doesn't cost more than 10 cents. But what are you not paying for the coke? You're paying for the ambience. You're paying for everything that's there. Everything enjoying that thing, which is and everyone's fine with that. That's how they make the money. That's how I'm sitting here and whatever. He says, the way that serves you, right? He's gonna go. He's gonna. He's gonna go back in the kitchen, and he's gonna say, you know, I'd like a fill one up for me. How much he's gonna pay? Zero. Zero, <laughs> because he's he's the waiter. He's gonna have the same enjoyment. 
right? And he's going to enjoy that Coke with ice, which is mostly ice, they put in mostly. Uh, uh, yeah. and, and, and he's going to have that same enjoyment, and he's going to pay nothing. So he says, why? Because he's working there. It's, work, it's part of it. He says, we're going to go up to Shemayim after 100, 120 years, and they're going to say to you, um, okay, you're going to say, okay, where's, my, where's my, uh, all my stuff? I learned Torah, I did mitzvot, I gave staka, and they're going to tell you, okay, minus this, my, what minus nothing? Give me all my stuff. They said, no, you, you got a lot of it. You, you lived a beautiful life. You had hotels. You had, not saying you shouldn't enjoy it, you should. But he says, but you had... You had a beautiful, you had beautiful, I gave you, I gave you a lot of, lot of uh, schar. You, you got a lot of schar. But if you're the waiter, you say, you know what, I was only on the world to help other people. Then, it's not going to come off. He says, because you're going to enjoy, you can have the same enjoyment of life, you're in the same hotel as the waiter is. But you're helping people, and therefore it's not charged. This is what I need. I need a drink to help serve. I need to, you know, sit down sometimes and relax in between. This is part of it. So that's what I want to do. I want to be the waiter in this world. I don't want to be, he says, it's worth it for me once in a while to clean, to clean the toilets when it's necessary. But I know that whatever is needed, I'm there, I'm the backup, and that's what we want to do. Coming into the three weeks, we realize is that, is that we, all, we all want to have the Tzipusi Yeshua, whether it's in the next world when Mashiach comes, we want to enjoy that. So the way to do that is to cash in now do tshuva, help other people, be that waiter instead of the guest. Have a wonderful time. Mitzvah Shem, we'll see you next week.